Hi there, I'm Sheena and this is the Lesbian Review Podcast. This podcast is a spin-off of the popular review site thelesbianreview.com where we review the best books with leading lesbians, bi or queer women. This season is focusing on getting hot and heavy by talking about sex in lesfic. We will be covering a range of topics and chatting to author guests. Today I'm joined by the fantastic Megan O'Brien. Oh, thank you very much. Today, specifically, I want to talk to you about sex workers and representation of sex workers as main characters in a positive light in Lesvik. Okay, so you have two books specifically, The Night Off, where there's an escort by the name of Nat, and 13 Hours, where Laurel is a stripper. I'm not missing any, am I? I don't think so. I was trying to remember, too. <laughs> but as that, those are the ones that immediately came to mind, yeah. I mean, obviously, those are uh, some of my more erotic books, and that's a really great way to get into an erotic romance anyways and introduce the sex very quickly. But I also think that just representing sex workers as romantic heroes with, you know, desires and, and goals and complexities like everybody else, because they are like everybody else, it's a fun kind of character to explore. And especially in both of those books, you know, the, the sex worker is the more confident, more... Uh, emotionally mature of the pair and that's also uh, you know a fun dynamic and I think probably a very true dynamic because I have to imagine many sex workers are just experts in human emotions and relationships they kind of have to be that's their job right that's such an interesting idea actually of course because you have to be confident to be able to put yourself out there with strangers in a sexual position and know how to make them feel comfortable know how to reduce their anxiety because they're probably having some or just tap into you know what it is they want you know they're a customer you're in customer service so I think they're, they kind of have to be experts in psychology which makes them fun romantic heroes to uh, pair up with somebody who's a little bit less in touch with themselves or what they want. I actually love that and then through sex in both of these books there's a character arc that happens and a development that happens as a sort of a direct result of sex. Or at least sexual performance, I guess, in the case of, you know, 13 hours. Kind of starts out with sex work, then there's a little bit of actual human connection, but it's eased along by the, yeah, the sex work aspect of things. It's not abnormal to introduce that so quickly into the intimacy of, you know, the, the emotions and the sexual tension. And it's also interesting for me that you you also tend to write very smart women in sciences, in technology, in, you know, some kind of, uh, like in 13 Hours, uh, Laurel's opposite character, Dana, thank you, was a project manager for an IT development company. And so she was very like career focused and career driven and stuff. And I think that's kind of cool too, because you're not seeing the traditional female jobs? Well, I, my day job is a, a web developer and I, you know, do database programming and all kinds of stuff. So to me, that's like kind of, you know, a very comfortable area to, to write about. And I was just talking with my wife last night. Um, I've never worked in a place that or worked, you know, in any kind of job where it was uh, female dominated at all. And that's kind of another aspect of, I think, those characters. And, you know, it's it's just a headspace I kind of understand and that I like and admire. And I think more women should get into those fields. So I, I enjoy writing about them. In, in a lot of ways, your work is kind of aspirational. It's stories about women who are overcoming 
often overcoming their own insecurities and so on in order to have a fulfilling relationship or to grow as a person or to just allow themselves to accept what they really want out of life. Yeah, well, I mean, most of my stories don't have really big, complicated plots. And, you know, there's scenarios, but, I mean, most of the story is about the, the character growth and the, you know, and a lot of times through the sexual relationship with somebody. But, yeah, it's the the internal, the inner journey that I think is, you know, the most kind of interesting. Absolutely. What drives you to write that? Oh, um, because that's what I like to read. I mean, when I first started writing, it was, I want to write the kind of story I really want to read. And some of that was subverting certain tropes that I saw that I, you know, wasn't like a fan of. Um, And some of it was just, you know, I... I'm not seeing this specific type of romantic heroine. And at the time, with Infinite Loop, my first book, it was specifically the geeky programmer type, which is what I was in my 20s. And so, yeah, I mean, really what drives me to write the the stuff is just, this is what I want to read. So, (laughs) and it's what goes through my head. How are people responding to that? Um... Very well, normally. (laughs) Uh, um, I mean, not always, but yeah, I mean, I think people enjoy seeing characters become very intimate with another character and both characters change for the experience. I think that's a a fun kind of escapism, especially when you pepper it with lots of sex. (laughs) Absolutely. Sex scenes, I believe, I've been told by many authors that sex scenes are some of the most difficult to write. Do you find that that's true? Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, they take me a long time. It's not even that I find them difficult to write, like, like getting the words out, it, but, you know, structuring them and figuring out. I mean, they're like an action scene. Um, I, action scenes take me a long time to write, too. I mean, it's very similar, but uh, action scenes are usually just action. You know, I try to really have a lot of dialogue and a lot of emotion kind of threading through my sex scenes, so it's just, it's like, Firing on all cylinders for some sustained length of time because some of my sex scenes are really long. Yeah, they're they're tough to write. They drain me sometimes. My wife always knows when I'm working on a sex scene, not because I'm like super amorous, but because I'm like sometimes I am. But you know, usually I'm just like, oh my god, this book's gonna kill me, and it's because I'm in the middle of some long sex scene. (laughs) But that's also because you want to get it right, and because that that development is happening, and and you have to kind of really because when you write. I don't think a lot of people realize this, but as you're writing, it feels like, you know, this is taking a lot longer than it actually is. So, uh, you know, you can take half an hour to write two lines, but it takes you like a split second to read them. So so writing is, is a complicated beast. It is. Well, especially, you know, and, you know, sex scenes between two women are, are their own special kind of challenge because you don't get to lean on pronouns to differentiate, you know, who's body part is you know touching somebody else's and there's a lot of sameness to things you have to get a little more creative and that's you know always taxing on the brain too just to make sure it it reads in a way that's very clear we understand where everybody's bits are and who's doing what and that it's physically impossible or or possible hopefully not impossible you know and that you're still keeping with like the the emotional development while all that's going on yeah they're definitely they're tough but I enjoy writing them, and I spend a lot of time on them um, and make them long because those are usually the parts that I enjoy the most in the book. I mean, especially when they're very heavy with emotion and, you know, potentially angst or whatever. I mean, that's – it's just – it 
you know, you can achieve a bodily reaction from somebody that way. And I like having that reaction achieved with my heart pounding a little bit or just being on the edge of my seat or excited or whatever. So yeah, I, I those are the, the best scenes to read. So they're the ones I really want to make sure I get correct when I write them. <laughs> I completely get that. And I think that's why you've become, you know, the name that you have is because you do put the time and effort into it. Do you find that writing is a lot like programming for you in terms of you have to get it just right or it doesn't work? Yeah, well, it, it is actually. I've thought about that before. There's some similarities. I mean, some ways they're so different. Ones, well, they're, I, I would argue they're both a little creative. Um, but, you know, they can be very different. But at the same time, I know they're very similar because it's like, you know, for a novel or a program, you know, or a web page, you need to have an idea of your end goal. And you've got to, like, you know, be layering these little elements over each other and, and kind of working your way through this, you know, this process in order to, to get to the end. And it takes a lot of uh, organization in your brain and multitasking and, and being able to kind of think ahead, but not, uh, you know, lose, lose the forest for the trees. And it, it's really, uh, they're both, they're both pretty similar. They're both pretty taxing. My, my head hurts usually most nights when I'm done thinking about one or the other. So, yeah, no, they have similarities for sure. I should get some different hobbies too. <laughs> I can absolutely believe this. Okay, so sex workers, though, get a, get a bad rep. And, and there's also kind of a tendency to think that sex workers only work for male clients. And so the, the introduction of the idea that sex workers can also be for women. It's a little bit kind of revolutionary, I think, when you started writing about it. Uh, I mean, I I had certainly read, you know, uh, accounts from enough sex workers to know that, you know, many of them really enjoy being with women. I'm sure it's like a nice change. And, you know, and some of them, of course, were lesbians and want to be with women. And I think that, like, just the reality is probably the income potential doing so is probably a little lower, but I would imagine that, you know, many sex workers given the opportunity would jump at the chance. So it's, it seems like a good thing to write about. Maybe also a little aspirational, you know, for, uh, for them, but yeah. Have you ever had a sex worker sort of contact you and say, thank you for the positive rape? No, I don't know if I have. I've had therapists contact me and say thank you for the positive rap about um, stories I've written in the past, but I don't know if I've ever actually had a sex worker contact me. It would be very cool, um, but yeah, I don't think I've actually gotten that yet. I, I only hope that I do a a fair job of portraying a sex character archetype who you know happens to be a very intelligent and complex and you know lovely woman. Absolutely. So sex workers are not the only thing that you sort of venture into that's a little bit different. In your one book, you explored a, a thruple in the three. Yeah. And you also then ventured out of the contemporary romance sort of or erotic romance uh, in the contemporary setting into in Wild. Let's talk about these books and how how they were received and why these stories. Well, the three was my second novel. And so, I mean, I think at that point, and I hadn't been published yet when I wrote it, and so I was just, you know, at that point I was just writing to share things online. I actually posted the first version of the three online. I just, I mean, for whatever reason, that book just came to me in my 20s, and I just loved the idea and loved the characters as I had conceived them, especially Kale. It just poured out of me. And I had always loved, I loved dystopian 
fiction and film and and uh you know post-apocalyptic type things and and you know paranormal I like a lot of different genres and I also want to be able to write in a lot of different genres even if I'm maybe always doing the sort of lesbian romance with sex but within different genres it kind of keeps things fresh and interesting and I mean with Wild it really was like well I've written a lot of romances and erotic romances and it's been a while since the three and been a while since I've done something a little different and and then once I came up with the the ideas for a while, I mean, it was just so much fun to do something that different than I normally do. I, I definitely hope to continue to write little different stories throughout my career. And the nice thing about it was you added a kind of a thriller element to it. So it wasn't even just a shifter. It was a, a thriller in the shifter world and it was just fantastic. I love Wild. I think it's a fantastic book. Yeah, I I really enjoyed writing it, although that's kind of where... I, when I say that action scenes are also hard for me to write, that's definitely the book that like, you know, tested me the most with that. And there were times that, you know, I'm, oh God, I hope I'm getting this right or it doesn't sound unreasonable. I loved coming up with the the scenes in there and, you know, I mean, Celine shifting and kind of uh, espionage and, you know, escape efforts, you know, were just a lot of fun. Uh, a good change from just your run of the mill romance. <laughs> Definitely, and more people should go read that. We did it as a book club read one year. I am hoping um, to uh, deliver on a sequel for, for it at some point here. I do have an outline written. So specifically, I am hoping to you know write uh, another Celine and Eve story um, at some point here in the relatively near future. Is that also going to be a thriller-esque type? Yeah, given Eve's career and what she does, you know, and what... Jack, who is the other person who knows about Celine, uh, her career as a police detective, it all kind of lends into the possibilities of Celine lending her special skill sets to uh, different adventures. So, yeah, I could see it always being pretty action-heavy or thriller-heavy. Nice. I look forward to that. Let's talk about sex toys. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you use them without any concerns about them? I know that there are some very vocal lesbians who think that strap-ons mimic heterosexual sex, and it's oh yeah, quite a... yeah. So I've I've read some of those reviews. <laughs> I've definitely heard some of that that feedback. But I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion. You know, I I am somebody who has sex with women, and I own sex toys, and I you know I think it's just some people. For some people, it's not a big deal. For some people, that is what it's about um and that's how they you know choose to to have fun with their partner so i understand and respect that some people aren't comfortable with it personally but um, for me it's never been like a big consideration in writing about it because i mean that's that's you know write what you know i guess <laughs> it also opens you up to being able to have different kinds of sex scenes in your fiction so it's not just the same thing over and over again when you write as many sex scenes as I have, you definitely are looking for things to mix it up. And as I am aware of a, a, a new toy in real life, I'm like, oh, man, that's, you know, that's got to make its way into a book. I mean, the, the style of harness that I've been describing for the past few novels is because we stumbled upon a great harness. That's just a really, so I'm going to describe it in the book because I want other people to go out and look for that because it's really great, you know. It opens up lots of possibilities and a lot of, of, you know, and also explorations of not everybody has the same gender expression when they're, you know, having sex or whatever. And, you know, regardless of what their uh, 
pronouns they're going to want to use any other time. You know, people like to, I mean, sex is about imagination and, you know, and fun and sometimes make-believe and, you know, and all these things kind of are helped by toys. Toys are fun. (laughs) Absolutely. And why not, eh? Especially if you are buying books in the erotic fiction section, expect there to be erotic fiction. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I mean, there's only so many ways you can, you know, you know, all my books aren't just going to be scissoring or whatever. <laughs> scissoring as though that's a thing. But, you know, it's there's only so many ways I want to, uh, you know, write about somebody rubbing their partner's clit or, you know, whatever. I, we got to get into some more interesting stuff here. Plus, I, I find that exciting to read about, to write about. So, you know, people... I definitely am, am for a specific audience of people. There are people who do not like my work. I've definitely heard that and, and been told that directly at times. Uh, but that's okay. I mean, there's a lot of books out there. I, I know some people enjoy sex with a lot of variety, and that's what I like to write. So hopefully those readers will find my work. <laughs> so I think that sex, uh, graphic sex uh, and varied sex in lesbic is actually a, quite an important part of what makes lesbic important for lesbians because we don't have access to resources that teach you how to have sex good sex different sex varying sex i've personally learned a lot from reading lesfic are people contacting you and saying thank you because i actually tried something that you wrote about and it was great yeah no i definitely get a lot of emails thanking me for uh, spicing up, you know, the the couples who are listening to the books together or, you know, somebody who's reading a book and then getting really excited and going to try things with their partners. And and also just people, yeah, who feel, you know, tell me that they learned a lot, um, you know, about about sex and about themselves and what they like um, after reading one of my books. And that's pretty cool. I mean, that definitely is a a nice... uh, Beyond just the escapism of a good romance, I would like to think that anything about my work can help enhance something, you know, some aspect of somebody's real life, um, and especially such an important aspect. Like, that's that's pretty cool. You can ask for much more than that. Absolutely. Thank you for spending your time with TLR. We rely on the support of listeners, patrons, and advertisers, so please click on our links to buy. Check out the show notes to find our Patreon link and support our advertisers. You are listening to the Lesbian Review Podcast. We bring you the best lesbian books, movies, and music reviews on thelesbianreview.com. Is there any kind of sex that you are not keen to write about? And I'm not talking about the obvious, like, you know, abuse stuff and whatever. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, anything that involves things that should happen uh, near a toilet, I'm not going to put into a sex scene. You know, there's some really, there's some stuff out there that's pretty, you know, not in my wheelhouse. You know, I mean, yeah, there's obviously, there's got to be some aspect to these are things I find personally appealing, probably, for me to write about it. And there are things that I don't necessarily find personally appealing. Although, I think my line for that is a lot further than you know than some other people so what that all entails I'm not entirely sure I feel like I've written about a whole lot of things I can't really think of anything I haven't written about that I still would be excited to write about but I don't know I mean that's that's not to say that there wouldn't be something I'll see some video on on the line or something I'm like oh well, that's interesting and and not too 
crazy. But yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, obviously, like you said, like the, you know, straight up abusive stuff, stuff that uh, ignores consent. I That's definitely stuff I wouldn't be interested in. But so let's talk about consent. Consent in your books is actually very important. Yeah. I mean, a lot of my characters are, um, you know, I mean, in, you know, in a place personally where like there absolutely has to be sort of a clear consent with their partner because it is involving a lot of trust or representing something a little new for them. So there's usually a lot of conversation and really clear consent. And also, I mean, I just, I can't remember a few years ago, you know, reading something about teaching consent in colleges and, and there being all these complaints about, well, consent's not sexy. And, you know, if you're asking all the time, then that just, it ruins it and it takes the the sexiness away from it. And I just don't agree. And so I kind of took that as a challenge to like, well, let's put a lot of consent in my scenes and, and show that it can stay sexy. I mean, there's nothing not sexy about asking your partner that they like what's going on. I mean, you just ask it in a sexy way and you, and you respect it. And that's, that's sexy, you know? I, so yeah, I, I have intentionally, even more so than in my earlier work, try, trying to address consent recently because nobody should ever think that, you know, it's going to ruin sex to check in with your partner. <laughs> Absolutely. And this applies for not just new relationships too, but for any relationships, whether you're married. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people aren't, you know, and even if you've done something with somebody, you know, a hundred times before, I mean, people are in a certain mood on a certain day. You always got to check in. You can never assume anything and and make it part of the foreplay. I mean, make it, you know, it it doesn't have to be this very technical. Let's all get out our apps and our phones and, you know, sign off that we, you know, agree to this encounter, but having strong, clear communication and especially with new couples, you know, you should be talking about the sex you have anyways. Um, it, I don't know, maybe that's very technical and sounds non-sexy, but I don't see why people don't communicate more with their partners about the kind of sex they want to have, that they enjoy having. And I mean, clear communication is the fastest road to great sex. So, you know, it, it's really a nice thing to do and it's a good thing to portray in fiction. So, you know, just like that somebody might learn about a sex toy, hopefully they're like, oh yeah, this consent thing is... You know, and really talking about what we want to do and how we feel about it, um, it's normal. You know, it's okay to talk about sex, especially with your partner. Absolutely. And I think it is important. Earlier, you said that there were tropes that you didn't like and you wanted to sort of go against them. What What were you talking yeah. about? Um, gosh, I'm trying to remember back to that time. Well, at the time, I felt like I was reading a lot of, um, a lot of heroines who were very rich, very powerful, um, impossibly gorgeous, uh, you know, tight little bodies. And I was a little, you know, I want a little bit more real world characters who are just like somebody I might meet, somebody I might work with at the office or somebody I might, you know, run into at the grocery store. Not these like, I don't know, otherworldly. And there's something to be said about those types of characters, but I find people who are relatable and seem real to me to be a little bit more interesting. So that was a lot of it at that time. And specifically writing a, a geeky character who, you know, was into programming and video games like I was. And you just didn't see those types of characters. There's a lot of, you know, very uh, strong. It seems like, you know, you're either a powerful CEO or you're like a, you know, a, a surgeon or you're like, um, you know, some sort of like uh, frontline rescue worker. You know, there's there's a lot of really great characters out there, but 
I, I kind of like your more run of the mill every day. You know, I'm not I'm not a hero, but I deserve great sex and a wonderful love too kind of characters. So, yeah, that's been a lot of my my aim. Plus, smart women are sexy. Yeah, yeah. How often do you get approached, like at conferences or whatever it is, and it's a little awkward because you don't necessarily want to be having that conversation. <laughs> well. I think I'm fairly famously shy. So going to conferences is a little difficult for me no matter what. Any conversation is a little bit, sometimes a conversation I don't want to be having. Not entirely true. I mean, I'm. my wife tells me I do much better with people than I give myself credit for, and it probably is true. I always feel kind of like a bumbling idiot. You know, I mean, I enjoy any conversation, I guess, when I've been at conferences and stuff. I mean, people are really, really sweet and really, you know, excited to, to talk about things and it's weird because despite my overall shyness and social anxieties, I'm not that shy about the topic of sex. So it's not too bad to to have that kind of feedback, you know, face to face. Fantastic. Have we missed anything that you want to cover? Um, I mean, not that I can. <laughs> no, I mean, it's not easy for me to talk about myself. So uh, or, you know, or my work or, you know, to like initiate that conversation so i can't necessarily think of anything i'm burning to talk about i'm not good at the self-promotion type things or navel gazing i guess but you know if you have any more questions then i'm open for them well let's let's talk about your wife how does it feel now to be in a household with two authors it's interesting what's funny because it used to be that i would be writing and she'd keep the dogs away and you know give me my little space and now we're having to kind of balance that which is funny but um, it's neat. We were laying out in our hammock last night because luckily we don't live on the East Coast where all the snow just reappeared and talking about future stories and, and just talking about writing in general. And so it's neat to talk. She's always enjoyed writing. That's kind of how we met, you know, online because she liked my work. And, you know, she's, she's always been a voracious reader. She never tried writing until after I wrote uh, Her Best Friend's Sister for her birthday. And then she decided she was going to write Mending Fences for my birthday. And she didn't necessarily think she was going to actually follow through and, like, get to the end of it. But she did. And she discovered she really enjoys writing. And I discovered she she can write. So it's pretty cool. It's fun to be able to actually talk on that level with her about writing stuff now. I love that. That's so sweet. So you guys gave each other stories for your birthdays. Yeah. It, she... I can't remember what specifically she had requested. Uh, and it was supposed to just be a short story at first. And then I decided it was, I can't do short when it's like sex scenes. And so it turned into kind of a novella, I think like 25,000 words. And I gave it to her. She read it. And then she's like, okay, what happens next? (laughs) You know, and kind of insisted that I should keep going because there was a story to be told there. And yeah, and so that turned into a whole novel. And so then, yeah, when she decided she's going to write for me, it was going to be a novel too, even though she'd never written a novel. And but she did. And and I got to, you know, pick the plot. And so I got to put my our dog Riley as sort of a main character in the inciting, uh, the inciting character of the romance in the book, because Riley is a little dog caught in a fence and the, the rancher Bobby, you know, rescues her and takes her to the vet, Grace, who's her old high school sweetheart. And, and then she was off to the races with that concept and uh, found out she really loves writing. <laughs> and how much were you involved in sort of mentoring her? Because now you've published several novels. And she's relatively new to the process. That's a complicated one because we had a lot of conversations because she likes to work things through um, verbally. 
you know, we talk about things and, and I would do some grammatical stuff. I tried really hard. For Mending Fences, I wasn't involved much at all because she wrote for me for a birthday gift. And so I didn't really read it until she was done with her first draft because it was a birthday gift. And then when it got to the editing process, you know, I we had conversations and I would do some grammatical stuff. But for the most part, I've been trying to stay out of it as much as possible. Like I want to want to offer her help and, you know, experience, but I also want her to develop her own, you know, writing voice and, and sensibilities. And we have very different writing styles. You know, I, I don't want to try to edit her voice into sounding more like mine because that's not really, you know, there's not like one right answer. Like programming, there's lots of different ways to approach things and I want her to have her own distinct way of approaching things. But she's working with a great editor now and as the editor is giving her feedback and she's asking me, well, why this or that? I'm offering my perspective on things. So I'm definitely in there, hopefully providing some some experience. But yeah, she's forging her own path for the most part. And is she enjoying the journey so far? She is. I think that she has a new appreciation for some of the stuff I've gone through over the years, <laughs> like during <laughs> during editing, when I'm just like, I, I can't do anything else. I have to be up in the bedroom just editing right now. And, and you know, I she always, she got it, you know, kind of, you know, she's going to do what it takes, but now she gets it. You know, she's like, understands the, the panic when your deadline is creeping up on you. So it's it's kind of funny. It's It's nice in a way for her to... To understand for us to have this commonality now i love that okay so if people have not read any of your work what should they start with wow so it depends on what they like i've written a lot of different uh i've just written a lot of different kinds of books so it's actually hard to answer that question i think if they are really into the erotic stuff maybe 13 hours i think the night off might be a little bit of a steep jumping off point i i i think i technically prefer the night off i really like that book but that's definitely one of my uh, more uh, edgier, uh, dirtier, like, you know, if you really want to jump into the deep end the night off, I guess. If you want some a slightly more gradual introduction, 13 hours. But yeah, I mean, if you like more story with your erotica, I, I do recommend Wild. I really like Wild. Yeah, I don't know. You can't, can't really go wrong. You like a little slower romance, Battle Scars or Camp Rewinds, possibly Infinite Loop. They kind of write all over the place. There's something for everyone. <laughs> So I have to commend you on 13 hours. You managed to write half the book as one giant, like, full play. Like, just like half the book. <laughs> is just. Just. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which is amazing. <laughs> uh, and takes some serious talent. Well, it's that book was interesting because uh, the first, the, the elevator portion of that book, and maybe like the little bit after they get out of the elevator, was written as a National Novel Writing Month uh, book. And so that was a self-contained story, 13 hours. And then I had written a little novella follow-up called Three Fantasies that was about, you know, Lauren and uh, Dana exploring these fantasies. And then we smashed them together to make 13 hours of the novel. So it was a kind of an interesting process to bring them together because they weren't actually one continuous story when I first did them. That Three Fantasies really was more of a sequel. And so bringing those together and then wrapping some scenes around it, you know, adding some end stuff to kind of make it one book. So yeah, that's why that, that one big section of the book feels like such a like build, build to you know, all this foreplay. Because it, it really was kind of the, the bulk of a story at one point. <laughs> Very cool. And that actually makes a lot of sense now. Because uh, it does, it feels like two different, like a complete shift from one to the other. But it's great. It's great to see them 
go through all of that. Okay, so you have a website and you're on Facebook. Uh, is that the best places to find you online? Yeah, yeah, I don't really, I, I have a Twitter, but I don't really use it very much. Yeah, Facebook, I have, you know, MeganO'Brien.com, which I don't update nearly as much as I should, but certainly you can find contact information for me there. There's also some free short stories on there. There are, yeah. And I, I may have a couple more I need to put up because uh, the Yahoo groups uh, just um, ended this year and uh, taken all of the stuff offline. And I, I had a bunch of short stories in a Yahoo group that I started like a long time ago that possibly aren't on the website. But yes, there are free short stories. I also have a couple of self-published stories on Amazon, um, shorter stories, um, The Client and uh, The Chasing Game. If uh, anybody wants to start with it, something shorter to see if uh, my writing is to their taste, those would be good options. I mean, I'm fairly easy to find online. If you can't find me, my wife Angie is very, very uh, outgoing and out there. And so surely you'll find Angie Williams. <laughs> <laughs> she really is. <laughs> Megan, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Nice talking to you. This has been the Lesbian Review Podcast. Find more information on our guests in the show notes, as well as links to what we spoke about on this episode. And if you enjoyed this podcast and want to see us creating more awesome content, then consider becoming a patron. Not only does this mean that we can keep doing what we do, but you will get exclusive content that doesn't appear anywhere else. You can find out all about it on patreon.com slash thelesbianreview. The link is in the show notes. That's all for this episode. Bye!